Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, and massage, and other odd topics that come up. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe. And uh, today, we've got Tyree and George here. This is our second attempt at a podcast. Um, we had some, uh, I had some power issues at my house, and, uh, and, and things got messy. So we're starting again. So what's up, guys? I think uh, I think we were talking about like stream bean arms and uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I don't even know what else we were talking about. And why every coach should do curls before meat just to look big when you put in your changes. It's necessary. Mm. Triceps, Tyree. Triceps, not biceps. Triceps make the arms look big. Come on now. Well, see, my, my biceps are way worse than my triceps, so I'm trying to balance out some. My triceps are better than my biceps. Uh, because that's all I cared about for 20 years. So I am still trying to get in the middle again and balance out. Mm. Yeah, so Tyree and uh, Coach James were talking about eating spinach and sweet potatoes and vegetables and stuff. A lot of nutrients. So I started to tell Tyree about my um, experiments I've been conducting lately. So I've been uh, researching like a lot of like supplements as far as like fish oil, multivitamins, zinc. Uh, just like stuff you could buy from like your local Walmart or something just for overall nutrition and health. And um, I had read that basically you could use distilled white vinegar to mimic stomach acid. Have you guys heard that? No, and I would have never thought of that. So um, distilled white vinegar has a pH level of two and your stomach acid is between one to three. So it's pretty close to your stomach acid and um so essentially what you can do is you can take any of your tablets. So like if you take magnesium or a multivitamin or anything, you can just put it like in a little cup, fill it up with just enough vinegar to cover the tablet. And if it doesn't start to dissolve within 30 minutes or if 75% of it isn't dissolved within the first hour, then typically you're not getting any nutrients from the supplement. You should just throw it away. It's pretty interesting because um, I was going basically debating synthetic vitamins versus like whole food vitamins. So I had like a cheap synthetic vitamin from like Walmart that I've been taking for a while now. And then um, I bought a very, very expensive whole food vitamin that's supposed to be one of the best on the market off of Amazon. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put these up to the test. I'm going to see which one dissolves faster. And the cheap one that was supposed to give you no nutrients dissolved in less than 15 minutes completely. There's a little bit of sand because, um, you know, they put a little bit of fillers in there. So like if there's sand in it, it'll sink to the bottom or if there's sawdust, it'll float up to the top of the vinegar. But I mean, just about everything in the state has some type of filler, so it's not that harmful. And then um, I should just start whole... putting fiber facts on the uh, nutritional. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole food one took over three hours to dissolve, and it's supposed to be the best on the market. And it's like I would have just pooped this vitamin out, and it costs three times the amount as this cheap synthetic one that I'm actually getting more nutrients from. So it was interesting to see that. So I've I've heard of that before. And, you know, I don't actually know which uh, which side of the argument is good because I don't know how much is sales on the part of, like, that super expensive vitamin. But um, their, like, comeback to that was like, oh, these are uh, time-released nutrients that are absorbed in different parts of your intestine, not in your stomach. So we want this to be released when it's in your stomach or in your intestines, not when it's in stomach acid. Um, I don't know. It sounds like a pretty good sales pitch. Um, yeah. but I don't, I, 
I don't know how much validity there is to uh, any of their claims. See, I, I had read that too, but then I started to think about it and I was like, well, if this is time release, there should still be some type of like decomposition within that first 30 minutes or that first hour. But the fact that the tablet was completely still in its whole shape and form yeah, after a whole moved. hour, yeah, it kind of just started to concern me. Like their fish oil, because I ordered their fish oil too, because I use like a cheap fish oil right now. So I compared my cheap fish oil versus their expensive fish oil. And their fish oil tablet never dissolved. I even went to sleep. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to leave it in here overnight. Came back out the next morning and the whole tablet was still just sitting in the vinegar. And these are like $80 bottle supplements. And it's like, oh. you expect people to spend 80 bucks and your tablet doesn't even dissolve. You should have read the fine print. It's probably like, you need to chew these. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I know these that I haven't given supplements. Oil. I haven't given yeah. supplements the the respect that they've needed recently. And I guess, honestly, in the last few years, because it got to a point where I was taking a lot of supplements when my knees would hurt. I'm thinking, oh, I, I need to take a bunch of stuff. I'm just not taking enough stuff. And then I found out that my knees were just messed up. I was like, oh, so it's not the fish oil I need. They're just screwed up. And then I stopped and I just never got back on. So I really take like nothing. I was taking collagen and fish oil for a while. And now it's like, yeah now it's now it's nothing so i know i need to get back but it was just i got so used to trying things and nothing helping what i was thinking which was 100 my fault i was trying to use it for something it wasn't meant for like when you have tears fish oil isn't gonna fix that so i just never went back yeah um that's a that's a good point um yeah speaking of people that trying to use things that uh, don't work to fix them. Um, I forget who it was, but it was some some weightlifter who is a uh, chiropractor or something, and he shared this thing of this guy giving an adjustment to a uh, guy that was having a heart attack on a plane. And so they, uh, he's like, what? oh, I'm going to go give him a crack his neck to help him with his heart attack. <laughs> and so this guy put this thing up on on Instagram, and it said like, Oh, I had this person on the plane that was having a heart attack and I adjusted their neck and their heart rate slowed down and went back to normal within 30 minutes. And it was just like <laughs> trying to like take, uh, oh, you know, wow. yeah, it, it was pretty interesting. Um, so those chiropractors, man, they believe what they want. That <laughs> is, that is interesting. But uh, yeah, that just kind of brings me back to like, yeah, it's hard to know. uh you know, you, you can't really trust the supplement companies because they're, you know, they're not regulated. They're just like marketing. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, where, uh, who is the supplement company that was the super expensive one? Nobody here is sponsored by supplement companies. We don't have to hold back. That's the one reason I don't like sponsorships. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, it's like, it's <laughs> called Nat Naturulo. It's N-A-T-R-U-L-E-L-O or something like that. I don't know if I'm spelling it correct. I already returned it. I sent it back to Amazon. I was actually going to use the supplements if they were good. I was going to be like, you know what? I'll spend a little bit of extra money to get some better whole foods in me. And um, I realized that they weren't good, so I returned them. And I'm going to stick to my cheap one-a-day men's vitamin and my cheap uh, Spring Valley fish oil because they both dissolve in less than 15 minutes. But the main moral of the story is make sure that you eat nutrient-dense foods. And um, you can use a multivitamin like fish oil or magnesium or something to just help bridge that gap and get a little bit extra nutrients because... Of course, they're not regulated, so you really don't know what's in them. 
And on top of that, there's some fillers in there. So you're not going to get all of your nutrients from them either. So how many nutrients does that uh, bang energy drink have Tyree? What's it say up there? Amazing. This is the delicious strawberry kiss one. So it tastes like a, like a cheesecake. Uh, That's my amazing. favorite. See, oh yeah. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. I've only seen it like twice. Nutrient dense. Well, hey, you know, it, it fits into my macros because zero everything. So mm. Lindsay Stroker will be happy Wait. about that. So that's an interesting point is uh, keeping the balance between like just assuming that tracking your macros is the only version of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the other end where like I think Poliquin was kind of on this end where it was like quality foods is the only thing that matters. And he would be like tracking macros is for dorks. That's what he used to say or some, I don't know. He used to say things very vulgar uh, so that people would remember, which is a good, uh, you know, good teaching thing, you know, yeah. but uh, I used to give my friend James so much grief because he started tracking macros when we were in undergrad. Um, so James is, I'm trying to think James is probably five, nine, two forty, but he's just strong. Like, He's back squatting like 250. I've seen him clean 155 for like a double in a CrossFit comp. Like, so he's he's a big guy and he's strong. He's like, oh, I want to get down in weight. He wanted to get down to like 90 kilos at one point. And he was tracking his macros. And I would come over because he lived down the street. And you would have like three cookies. I'm like, James, I thought you were tracking. He's like, I know, I know. It, this fits my macros. And then I'd come over again, he's eating ice cream. He's like, it fits my macros. I'm like, James, I don't think that's how it was meant to be. I don't think that's how it was meant to be. And then I realized how far I've come. Because now, six years later, <laughs> I was in the high school. And one of the kids like offered me some cake. Like, hey, here, coach, you want some cake? I was like, nah, I, I can't. I'm, I'm tracking my macros. And then five <laughs> minutes later, I pulled out a full bag of Lifesavers. And they <laughs> like, coach, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh no! I, this is 158 carbs. I already put this in my in my calculator. Like, I know what this is. I can't have cake though. And then I realized I I am now that guy. That that is what I'm doing. You know what, what uh, some company should do is they should make like uh, lifesaver like vitamins that fit in with your macros. I am not above eating those kid. I will eat like seven eight of those kid vitamins you know they probably don't work for me but the they taste great oh yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. and the orange ones Whew. really my kids do not like the orange ones they really? fight over getting the red ones well we don't have flintstone vitamins we've got like um right now we've got uh like princess uh frozen princess ones or we get like paw patrol and they kind of uh. go back and forth between there uh, maybe I need to go find these Flintstones because my kids are like orange ones. Ah, I don't want that. They're going oh, for those orange. red ones. Honestly, anything orange. Drinks and anything. If it's orange, I'm about it. So, oh, James, so I got a question for you. Um, yeah, I was listening up? to an uh, old weightlifting scoop podcast, and um, I feel like I heard Travis mention at one point, Glenn was having you guys take a bunch of fish oil on a daily basis. Were you around for that? Uh, probably. Um, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was like an absurd amount of fish oil. And he was basically like, Glenn said to take it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take all this fish oil and I'm going to see what happens. I was just curious to see if you had like a take on that or if you were around for it. Uh, So 
my first experience with that was like Charles Poliquin did some stuff like that where he'd have us take like 30 grams of fish oil a day, um, which is like 30 pills of fish oil. And uh, we would do it. I don't know how long we did it. Maybe just like a couple days and then we would like get off of it. Um, <clears throat> and then you, uh, you I mean, you would feel better. I, it, it might've been a little bit overkill and your poops were kind of weird, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sacrifice it, for strength. Yeah. It, I don't remember it having as much of a, you know, transfer, you know, comparable to uh, how expensive it was. Cause, yeah, I was going to say, because fish oil gets very expensive. It's not like a multivitamin. Yeah. And it, uh, it's kind of nasty because then you're just burping fish oil all day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll say it works. I mean, also when I was in high school, we used to drink, carry around a gallon jug of protein and we did like, you know, <laughs> we just drink protein all day. And then we do that for like, uh, we did that for a week once and we just had a gallon jug. I don't remember how many grams of protein that we drank a day. Um, but uh, I mean, we did get strong, but <laughs> it was probably a little overkill. You know, I don't, I was talking to one of the guys about that just yesterday. So there's a kid who, um, he was on the soccer team. And then when their season ended, he just wanted to just get big. So I made him a separate program and it's just a bunch of bodybuilding stuff. And he's squatting and he started in September and his one rep back squat was 190. And it was a it was a true grind back then. And then the kid accidentally, because I gave him percentage percentages, he accidentally PR'd his three rep back squat. Correction, he PR'd his one rep going for a heavy triple at 270 the other day. So he's getting strong. He's eating a lot of food. He's counting his protein. And I told one of the guys who I made about who I was making the program for, I want to take so much credit and be like, man, I made a good program, but I think that's what puberty does. Like, I, I want to say, man, I made him a good program, but he doesn't even look the same. The kid got bigger. Now he has a bicep vein. Like, he just looks significantly bigger and way stronger. And then I remember, oh, he's in high school. Yeah, okay, I guess I didn't really do much. I I just made sure the kid didn't come in and go for a one rep back squat every day. So I gave him something to stick to. But high school, yeah. you can do well, sketchy things like drink a gallon of protein a day. Who knows how much plan, it helps? Yeah. Yeah. So that I think there's something to that um, beyond the specifics. It's the person that's going to take 30 grams of fish oil all day has a certain amount of invested interest in succeeding. Um and the high school kid who is tracking their protein, um, you know, just the the act of tracking things will help you, you know, make improvements in that area. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's a sign of like of commitment um, or maybe it's an act that produces commitment because um, they're getting invested into those certain things. So there's definitely value in that. And then of course they're just teenagers. And if they have that investment, then they're going to improve. Um, uh, I guess it is our job as coaches not to make that investment something unhealthy, like um, let's just say, you know, steroids, you know, 
some yeah. kid that's taking steroids, he is invested in getting stronger. Um, you just need to make sure you give the kid the, you know, the right tools. I would say a gallon of protein is probably better than steroids, although there is <laughs> yeah. some health problems with drinking that much protein. Um, but, uh, you know, it, uh, it's, it's a job as a coach to give the right commitments that's going to help and, you know, be healthy long-term, um, you know, spending $75 on a multivitamin is a level of commitment mm -hmm. to some people. I think that's why some people buy the most expensive stuff. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I do think there is a, uh, you know, different levels of multivitamins or like just, you know, quality out there. Um, like thorn, I think is generally pretty good. Like that brand of supplements. Um, and then you go on the other end, what's, what's one that's just like a complete, uh, sales pitch. Do you Natural shreds? The one I tested. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you, you, you've got a spectrum. Um, oh, I think spectrum is a supplement company too. Jeez. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we gotta be careful with our words before we cause more confusion. But yeah, just giving uh, giving people that the right uh, the right thing to uh, put their attention to to demonstrate that level of commitment, and then they're going to get better. Now, there as are a you lot get old, that ask things that that most of the guys come in and ask, "What do I need to eat?" I've had well, I don't want to say most. I've had a lot of the guys come in and say, "What do I need to eat?" And part of it is it, they're in school all day, so they're not eating in school. Then they get whatever the school lunch is. So I just tell them, try to get a lot of protein. That's it. Whenever you can eat protein, eat protein, whether it's taking a shake, just focus on that first and just make sure you're not going around getting 900 calories in a day. So most of them have gotten to that point. Um, then I had, there's a girl on the track team who came in and she's a smaller girl. She's probably, honest, she probably weighs like 105 pounds, 110. Um, and she's coming in all the time and she's squatting heavy, like she's pushing. And she literally told me, she's like, I, I just want to get big and strong. I want to make one of those transformations like the girls on TikTok do. <laughs> and I started dying like, okay. And, and she was so serious. I was like, okay. It's like, how long will it take me until I can look like this? And I'm like, well, that girl's probably 50 to 60 pounds heavier than you. Like, like it, it'll take some time. Just keep lifting. Just you keep coming in and you keep doing what you're doing. Because it's not like she's slacking. She comes in every day, even on the days when it's deload week or they have a meet the next day. So I tweak everything for them. She's like, well, I'm fine. I, I don't care if I run back to meet. Like, can I just go heavy day? I was like, no, that's no. Worry about the meet mm. first and worry about this later. So I had to tell her it, it will take you seven, eight years. Like just you might you will progress a lot, but it's not like all of a sudden you're just going to like turn off in three years. Like either way, you're going to be somewhere in seven years and either you can be where you wanted to be in your past or you stopped. And then that seven year mark comes up and you've progressed none. So you might as well just keep chipping at it. She was like, okay. So by the time you're in the middle of college, you'll, you'll be exactly where you wanted to be. If you just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I was going to say, you should have asked the age difference too. And then, Brought in the training gauge that way. Like, how old is this person oh. that you? Oh yeah, no, she showed me an adult. 
Yeah, she showed yeah. me an adult, and I did. I gave her an example of somebody I knew that did make a transformation like that. And I said it, it took like a decade. It, it took a long time. I said I was doing this stuff when I was your age, and here I am, fifteen, fourteen years later, and I'm still doing it. So it's either I could keep doing it or just completely stop. That's why the focus focus should be on doing well at the meet or just the, the habits, mm-hmm. just getting in there and getting in training. The focus shouldn't be in the end, the end goal, you know, the end body, just do the things that will lead you to the end goal and then find joy in those things. Speaking of that, um, another conversation that I had with one of the guys, I think we might've talked about this before. Um, but it was brought up in one of his classes. So he goes here to WVU and it was the whole motivation versus discipline thing. And he said, I had said something to him in the gym and in his class the day before the professor was saying that motivation and discipline are, he was basically saying it's the same thing saying motivation is what makes you disciplined to do something. And I'm on the other side where I like what uh, Dave Spitz said, where he said he doesn't like motivation. He doesn't care about motivation. Motivation comes and goes, but you should be disciplined enough to stick with the plan. You should be disciplined enough to go into the gym and do what you want to, because everybody's not motivated every day to go to the gym. That's my view on it. What is your view? Do you view discipline and motivation in the same way? Or do you have them separate? Yeah, this is an interesting topic. Because we could get, um, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to bring religion into it. Uh, <laughs> okay. You could bring it into the uh, that whole like religious thing where uh, there's, I don't know. I was watching some, uh, some old show and it was this like old uh, religious priest or something. And, you know, is it better to avoid temptation or is it better to resist temptation when it's in front of you? Mm. Um you know, to like test yourself. Um, and, you know, really to an extent, what they've pretty much found out is that it's better to just avoid it. You know, so mm-hmm. like if you, uh, I agree. Yeah. 100%. So on that side, like it's better just to avoid uh, the temptation. So how that applies to, you know, that, uh, that topic is, um, well, let's see. I had my thoughts and then I started talking about religion. I got all flustered. No. <laughs> uh, just, so the I, uh, the habit is what, uh, I don't know, habit isn't even like discipline. So like don't put yourself in a situation where it's like a hard choice to come in and do something. Uh-huh. It should just be a habit where it's an easy choice. You know, don't make things harder on you than they need to be. So don't wait for motivation because, you know, that's not sustainable. And uh, and then maybe don't even depend on discipline, especially if it's something that's like challenging for you. Like don't torture yourself, you know, find a way to make it easy and sustainable. So, you know, for example, let's say if it's training, you know, it should be easy to walk into the gym, get into a situation where it's easy, where it's not a hard choice. You know, people do this a lot and we're like, you know, 6 a.m. Well, there's some people that they just have to work out at 6 Mm a.m. But other people, if you have a choice between 6 a.m. and like 5 p.m., 
you know, it's an easier choice to make at 5 p.m. to go train um, because that's your body's natural rhythm. Um, you know, I understand some people don't, but in another situation, like, is it easier to go in and train in your garage or is it an easier decision to drive into the gym and see people and like see your friends? Um, that's just going to have to be an individual person because some people are like, I don't want to drive 45 minutes. It's easier for me to do this. Just do the thing that's easier for you to do. And then you don't have to worry about, you know, discipline or motivation. Then the habit is easy and it's not even a, it's not even a question. It's just like, Oh, this is what I do. You know, uh-huh. we're going to keep doing it. And then that's what'll make the difference. Uh, I, I kind of viewed them different. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, okay. I, I was going to say, I don't, I don't like motivation at all. And I, I think after I, I disliked it more after hearing that quote from Dave Spitz, because everybody's motivated when things are going well. And then when it goes bad, their motivation isn't there anymore. So what does that mean? Um, I remember there was, there was a gym and I was talking to one of the members there and I asked like, we were just talking about the different members at the gym, like how everybody was doing. And there was one guy that was doing really well. And this person said, Oh, I think that this guy is the most motivated guy in the gym and not arguing it. The guy was doing well. He was trying hard, nothing against him. I just asked her, uh, why'd you say him? And her response was, Oh, well he's PRing every day. Nobody else is hitting PRs. It's, it's just him. Now this guy was a newer weightlifter Again, nothing against this guy. He was working hard. He was coming in every day and doing everything right. So that was good. But when you're PRing every day, it's very easy to be motivated to come back in. And then I put up some other names like, what about this guy and this guy and this girl? And she said, no, no, nah, not really. Like, I don't see them doing anything. All of the all of the people that I named were people that had been around for years, were dealing with injuries at the time or had life stuff that was popping up, but they're still coming in the gym. They're still doing everything that they need to. And they were still better weightlifters than this person anyway. But for her, it was, Oh, he's PRing and that's why he's the best person. And I don't think that she was thinking about motivation. So when she said that he was dedicated, I'm like, I, I, he's motivated right now. What happens when he's not PRing every day is that, Discipline to keep coming in the gym going to stick around? Is he going to stay dedicated to what he's doing? Or is it just fueled by PRs? Because the PRs will stop one day, whether it's making teams. Once somebody makes the Olympics twice, okay, then that goes away. And they're not no, they're not motivated about making the Olympics anymore. What keeps them in it? Why are they still showing up? Is it dedication? Because now the motivation's gone. Yeah, so motivation and discipline is different. But um, motivation is contagious. So, for example, like um, in the Army, we're real big on discipline. And I've kind of linked habit to discipline, too, because it helps develop discipline, in my personal opinion. Um, For example, like the little things that you would do to get uh, little wins. So little wins carry over to motivation and discipline. So, for example, I wake up in the morning, make my bed, something simple. I know everyone says that's a cookie-cutter answer. And then, like, wash the dishes or something and then go do my AM session. And that's what I really enjoy about two days as well, because the AM sessions normally lighter and it's normally like mobility work. So it allows me to go in, uh, work on some of my weaknesses and it, um, 
it allows me to get those little wins because there's no missed lifts and everything just feels good. And I'm getting into new positions, just feeling stretched out. So by the time I go back in the evening, I already have all those little wins from the habits and the discipline that I instilled to go to the AM session. And then I'm motivated for the evening time because motivation comes and goes, but I feel like you can find motivation by looking for the good stuff. Have you guys ever heard of like hunting the good stuff? Mm-mm, and I'm going to be honest, my motivation is normally very dark. So, so for example, for example, like, um, things in the army get pretty shitty. So like they do a lot of resiliency training and they always like preach, Hey, hunt the good stuff. So like, each day just kind of look for something good. It's like, okay, for example, something good today is, oh, I woke up today and my back's not as tight as normal. So that's a good thing for me. So now I'm feeling motivated to go train. And then when you show up to the gym motivated, I feel like it carries over. Or even if you're not motivated, if I walk into a gym and I see a lifter in there that's moving fast and he's motivated and he's feeling good, then I become motivated. It's like, okay. So I feel like it does come and go, but at the same time, you could breed a culture, which is why team training is important. Because if one guy is in there motivated, it could possibly rub off onto the others the same way that if someone in there is not motivated, it will rub off to someone else. But I definitely feel like those daily habits will help you develop discipline that will translate back over to motivation. For example, like my discipline is hunting the good stuff every single day, which is also a habit, which keeps me motivated. That makes sense. Yeah, so that I like that a lot. So the the main you know, one of the things is not equating discipline and motivation, like not comparing them because they're not even on the same playing field. You know, discipline is like a discipline and habit is like a, you know, something that you have control over. Um, motivation is something that you have to take advantage of when it comes around. So it's just that tool. Um, and I think it's very valuable to take advantage of that motivation when it comes, you know, to not take advantage of it would be dumb, you know, for that person that was motivated hitting PRs every day, should they not take advantage of that and say, Oh, I need to focus more on discipline. I don't think so. I think they should yep, ride that wave, but you know, let that wave, you know, the underlying thing is that wave is creating a habit that makes it easy for you to come into the gym. And then the other thing is, if it's easier for you to get motivated around a team atmosphere, there you go. Mm-hmm. Make it easy by going to a team atmosphere. Mm-hmm. My freshman year in high school, um, I went to Myers Park, and the shirts that we had on the back, it said, discipline versus regret. And the football coach, when, when he first handed out all those shirts, it was in the summer, he said, this is the time to be disciplined. This is the time to run through the line. This is the time to sprint as hard as you can because it's always better to be disciplined than to regret it in the future. So be disciplined in all your sprints now because when you get outran on the field and we lose a game because you couldn't catch the guy, then you're going to have regret. Would you rather be disciplined or have regret? That sounds like a football coach. Yep. And <laughs> and I think about that, I think about that, that all the time know? now. Like, when I, and that was in 2009, but I, if you guys realize, I don't like back squatting, but I also know that I suck at back squatting. So it's like, all right, well, I need to be, I need to be disciplined or I'll become one of those lifters who get pinned in the bottom of cleans because I'm too weak. Or, so I, I think about stuff like that. Like let's, let's stay disciplined rather than have regret mm-hmm. with it. And that's not, yeah, at least there's it's no not motivation. Tonight. It's discipline. Huh? 
At least it's not getting pinned in the bottom of a snatch. <laughs> Searching uh, for the good, or no, hunting for the good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've seen that happen one time in person, and I was so confused. Like she caught it, and she just couldn't move. It was she caught a PR snatch and just couldn't move, and I was so confused. That was mm-hmm. that was interesting to watch. Yeah, I used to train with a guy, and it happened to him all the time. I don't know what it was about you know, the snatch. Um, but he was a good squatter too. Like he could squat a lot. Um, he used to get pinned under like 150 in the snatch, but he could squat like 230 for like four. But was he squatting to the same depth that he would receive his snatches? Because yeah. a lot of people, he yeah. was. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was Trevor <laughs> Britton. You can go back and like look at his videos. It just still perplexes me to this day. It must have had to, I think it was like something to do with, you know, maybe like a week you know, there was somewhere that was weak in the chain that inhibited him, sorry, inhibited him from standing it up. That's that, I think that's a special case. Kind of got off the, the topic of, you know, motivation and, you know, bring it back to weightlifting. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's wild. I can't imagine. Oh, no, yeah, no. yeah. Oh, man. Crazy stuff. Yeah. That is interesting. Train smarter, not harder. Get a coach. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Man. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think that's a, you know, I think that's a good point. You know, all around in general today with uh, the difference between motivation, discipline, and habit, um, and then just directing the young people to give them the, uh, give them the right, uh, the right things to channel their. Uh, you know, their commitment to a sport, you know, having them, you know, focusing on something or even sometimes you just got to give them something to focus on before they find something else to focus on, you know, give them, uh, you know, that's what, uh, that's what Popeye was, man. He was hyper-focused on, uh, on that spinach, <laughs> you know, that was his, uh, that was his commitment. That's what that whole, uh, cartoon was about. It was about getting kids to eat more vegetables just giving them something to focus on instead of going to a different path that wouldn't be as healthy. And they'll still probably get the same end result um, just because they're kids and that hormone spike is crazy. That's I I tell them this. I I told the kid who I said I was doing the program for the other day. So just think about it. You've grown three inches for what? from doing what just breathing your body is literally growing from breathing air let's capitalize on that window if you're in a spot where air is making you bigger and stronger let's let's keep pushing that and let's keep lifting let's keep doing things because it's gonna work Tyree's over here saying that motivation isn't real and he's over here making high school kids think that they're getting huge by breathing. Hey, this <laughs> kid is breathing. <laughs> I am an animal. All I got to do is breathe and I'm getting huge. Yeah. <laughs> so like, hope. like motivation, like in its purest form for a teenager. Yeah. Hey, I'm saying, I bet you he was taking nice deep breaths when he was sitting in English class. <laughs> Eight count breaths. Yeah. Right. Ride the yeah, wave. Ride the wave. Give him a, you just there you go that's the thing tell them to start doing box breathing be like you guys are going to get huge if you focus on this <laughs> don't don't take steroids do uh, box breathing you know we got the most zen athletes they're going to be so relaxed all the time 
<laughs> yeah, well, the, like I mean, <laughs> that'll that help them out. All right. On that note, I think we need to uh, cut this one uh, short. We got a little messed up with our first one, uh, you know, going off the rails. So we'll keep this one a little bit short. Um, so any, um, George, any last words or uh, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, one last thing I forgot to mention earlier, but if you do decide to test your supplements and vinegar, it can't be gummy vitamins or gummy anything because um, gummies have to be chewed before they can dissolve. So if you're going to use them, you need to like process it first. Yeah, just like that fish oil. Chew it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the real tough people do. Oh, man, I couldn't imagine how that tastes. Right uh, I think that was actually in Greg Everett's book, Tough. He says, I chew my fish oil. <laughs> That'll uh, wake you up for sure, especially if it's in the morning. That taste. Yeah. But you can yeah. find me at um, George81KG on Instagram or at the House of Weightlifting page. And I am Tyree underscore Thor on Instagram. And check out the WV Weightlifting Instagram page. All right. www.houseofweightlifting.com. Go check it out. Thanks for listening, guys.